You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. One of the driving forces as to why this grand final is in Queensland tonight and with a view of what the legacy could be is Tony Cochran, who is far more than just the chairman of the Gold Coast Suns. Tony, perfect day to talk. Welcome to Crunch Time and congratulations on this day dawning. Hey, Jared. Uh, welcome from the beautiful state of Queensland where the weather's probably not uh, best. But anyway, we'll get through that somehow. Does it feel monumental to you, Tony? Uh, it's a terrific day for Queensland footy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just have, really we've had a great year up here in the sense I know it's been terrible for Victorians and, and what have you with what you've been through. But I guess out of that, the flip side is that uh, we've had so many um, teams and, and players and coaches and officials and the AFL themselves up here now for some time. And it's been really tremendous because I've got to all see firsthand how strongly the game's growing up here, which is uh, just testimony to a lot of work from a lot of people over a lot of years. But, uh, you know, it's the old story. Keep on keeping on. In your mind's eye, Tony, what, what do you want people to see tonight? Well, <laughs> um, we, we want to stage a fantastic grand final. Um, clearly, the two best sides for the year are there together, uh, very evenly matched, so that's exciting. And then um, we think we put together a very compelling, a very well-thought-out uh, entertainment piece, both pre-game and at half-time. And we're hoping the combination of those two things drives us to a massive uh, TV audience and hopefully puts to bed once and for all that the grand final should move to night time when it returns to the MCG. Tony, I want to ask you about that because I was there just for a, a, a tiny glimpse of the light show and, and what the crowd will be wearing on their wrists. Can you give us some insight into what we can expect with, with the spectacle tonight? Yeah, well, we've, well, two things. Firstly, uh, I think that was you, Quincy. Firstly, we we uh, have really made uh, the show quite Queensland eccentric. Um, it's there's lots of firsts in the show. It's the first time a full orchestra has ever been used in a major sporting event in this manner. Um, certainly in Australia, and to the best of our knowledge, certainly the first time in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, we've got the very latest PixMob technology from Canada. So that is certainly the first time it's ever been used at a major sporting event in the Southern Hemisphere and certainly the first for Australia. Um, and the combination of that technology, really well-produced acts and uh, a really great uh, uh, thought process has gone into both pre-game and the halftime show, um, we hope delivers um, a reimagined version of the uh, grand final day to uh, the whole of Australia and indeed overseas who are watching it. 
Cannot wait for that. Uh, but there's a piece in the Herald Sun today where Gillan McLaughlin spoke about the, the AFL season teetering on an edge, to use his words, and the conversation that he had with the Queensland Premier at the time. There was almost like a 48-hour window, Tony, where they had to get the teams out of Victoria. How involved were you, if at all, in those conversations? And I guess how proud are you of the state? Because without them, there would have been no grand final or no season. Um. Yeah, well, I, was, I, I sort of got myself involved as I am apt to do. Um, I'm not very good at sitting on the sidelines. Um, back in the first half, so I drove the government and the city council. Because we're very lucky on the Gold Coast because it's the second biggest council in Australia, so it's got a serious budget. It can do serious things. And I drove both the mayor of the Gold Coast, Tom Tate, and the minister, Kate Jones, nuts in the first half, saying, this is a wonderful opportunity. We can't let it slip. Help me get some money together to try and convince the, the uh, powers that be at the AFL to let's try and develop a small hub, which we did, you might recall, first up with the two South Australian sides and the two WA sides. And from that little hub, uh, we grew into a bigger hub and then a bigger hub again and uh, the final uh, fourth version of the hubs, which was nearly everybody, I think, by our three teams. So, um, yeah, no, look, uh, my fingerprints were all over the scene of the murder. And, um, uh, you know, it was a really enjoyable murder because it has given footy up here such a focus. You know, we, we are in an NRL state, but let me tell you, and they would be quietly getting more and more concerned because we are slowly but surely winning this battle. There'll be a time uh, in the next uh, 10 to 20 years where Queensland is a hugely strong and a very proud uh, AFL Indigenous state. Well, Tony, I wanted to ask you about that. Heights, Sam Edmund here. Thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We, we speak about the legacy Pleasure. legacy of things like, you know, the Olympic Games and what that does for a city or a country. Now, this is on a far, far, far smaller scale to this, obviously, but you, ha- you made a bid, you had a bid team, you had a bid video. It was a whole campaign. What is the legacy for the game and how do you go best about the next step, and that is maximising the benefits of having the grand final in your backyard there. Yeah, well, you know, we can now all be honest because we've bid and won. Um, you know, we knew that we were up against it because clearly the Adelaide Oval is a stunning venue. Um, I opened it with the Rolling Stones, what, six years ago, so I'm well familiar with what a fantastic uh, venue Adelaide's got and then right in the centre of the city, great access to it, and clearly the venue in Perth is a sensational venue. So we knew we had to play every card under the sun to uh, get the grand final up here. And the reason why, certainly myself, and I know a lot of others, work so hard on that, because we really do see this gives everybody a whole new focus, particularly in government. You know, we've never been able to really crack a continuous sort of a dialogue with government up here about AFL. And, you know, part of um, this whole process was we, we managed to um, convince the government to put $6 million into a future legacy fund. Then it's not going to go to the funds. It's not going to go to the lines. It's going to go to helping establish more ovals, more change facilities, more goalposts uh, from, the, from Cape York down to Coolangatta and everywhere in between. Because our biggest issue up here, if you take my area of the Gold Coast and, and northern New South Wales, which is the Suns region, we've developed 28 new ovals in the last seven years, and we've got plans for another 20 in the next five years. That's our biggest challenge because we've got so much growth in juniors, both girls and boys, that you know we need to find places for them to play. 
Um, you know, it's quite common for us, for example, my, my 14-year-old daughter uh, plays a game, as, as uh, did my eldest son. It's quite common for us as a family on the Gold Coast to be turning up to play a game of junior football at 8 o'clock on a Friday night because there's already been a 6 o'clock game um, because it's so overused at the grounds. So all of these things feed into a dialogue of being recognised and being treated seriously and moving, you know, the whole game forward. And there's no question now, and if you ask any of the people that have been up here for two or three months, that that you can see it. We're on the road now. We're on the trajectory of, of, as I said, I I really do see in the next 10 to 20 years, you know, we'll be a great uh, football state. We'll be producing, you know, 20... 25 names each year in the national draft. So, Tony, is Peter Volandis hits a tone that's dismissive, and I'm not sure anyone quite does derision quite like he does. Is he wrong in his read that this is just a, a momentary fling? Well, you know, the only problem with having a loud mouth and, and flying out there with big statements is, unless you can keep delivering on that, eventually everybody sees through it, and I think they've already, you know, seen through this one. I mean, he can make those sort of wise-ass cracks. Here's a fact. We had two Victorian sides make it to the grand final, and because they both had extinguished all of their uh, ticket sales to their Queensland members, the AFL on Tuesday morning were left with nearly nearly 9,000, roughly, ticket sales left between... Average price of probably around $400 per ticket. That's really testing the market in Brisbane. Um, and guess what? They sold out in 19 minutes. Um, so you can make out that this is just a passing fad. You can make out that this just doesn't have longevity to it. But I'd refer him to go and have a look at the uh, media coverage this year and the TV numbers, um, not only on Fox, but the TV numbers on Channel 7 throughout this year, we've consistently in Queensland beaten the NRL by between 15 and 30% in the ratings every time we've been up against each other. And Tony, just with the Gold Coast, obviously your, your passion up there, I guess player retention and the go-home factor has always been lurking in the background there for you and obviously historically with the Brisbane Lions at times as well. The fact that the competition has been based there and the players have lived there for a fair portion of this season, what does that do for you in terms of you perhaps being a destination club in the eyes of so many more players out there? Well, I never thought I'd thank the Chinese for too much, but I'm thankful that... Uh Perhaps they did start this virus because in one foul swoop, they've solved two of my biggest issues that, you know, certainly I and others have fought up here for ages. And that is because the whole competition was up here, all the players, from if you ask any player from any team, firstly, they've all gone, wow, what a stunning weather to training in our winter uh, and how magnificent are our beaches, our golf courses. They can go out, have a coffee. They don't get harassed. They can just live a normal life. So that's point number one that's been illustrated firsthand to the entire competition. The second point that's been illustrated firsthand to the entire competition is all the crap about our facilities aren't up to standard because I think if you ask any player now who's been training or seen our gym and seen all our our TNA facilities, our three practice grounds that we've got at the Sun, they're all going, holy hell, these guys have got a fantastic setup. What's all this rubbish about, you know, they don't have the decent facilities so we've um we've we've won a lot of people over in that process and we've gone from being a club 12 months ago who 
you know, there were smart asses commentating we should have been shipped off to Wagga Wagga or Tasmania or somewhere else who are now saying, I totally get the big picture in the Gold Coast and I, I see the future and I see what they've done. I see the 550 million they've created in their hub and Metricon Stadium. And, uh, you know, we've just had the pleasure at that stadium of hosting 46 games of AFL this year, which is the same as what the MCG does in a normal year. So, you know, I think we've ticked a few boxes. I think we might have shut up a few critics. Uh, well, I certainly hope so. And, um, you know, I think we're on the road. Tony, it's great to have you on. Tell me, what makes <laughs> you most nervous about tonight, these hours out? Ah, uh, the rain. Yeah. If you've got... One thing rain in a 70-piece orchestra don't do is fix. Um, <laughs> How many weather so, apps have you got on that phone of yours, Tony? Oh, my God. I'm ringing the bum. The, the guy at the bum thinks I'm a lunatic. Which is most <laughs> important to him that's true. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm driving the bureau crazy with updates every hour. And uh, I'm like a nervous parent waiting for the uh-huh. child to be born. Tony, you, you've done a sterling job on behalf of the game and your state. I hope it's everything you dream of tonight. Oh, thanks, and thanks for all your support, everybody. We really appreciate it up here, and let's just hope we deliver a stunning grand final that everybody remembers. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. For many years.